Hey, everyone. It's Raghu, and I'm back with Mind Rolling with Othiel and Mike. I'm acting like, yeah, I've known these guys, you know, for the last, I don't know, 10, 20 years, but uh, it's fairly recent, and I, I'm really happy to have you both here. Uh, I was on, uh, what's the name of the podcast? Comes at uh, Comes a time, time, right? Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that dead song. Um, and uh, and I, I said, hey, let's do this again, we'll just, but we'll do it on my channel. So thanks for coming. Thank you for having us. We've been uh, big fans, so we were kind of geeking out right before this. No, you, <laughs> you helped us a lot through the pandemic, man. You oh. absolutely did. You did. Yeah. Your voice. What did I say last night, Othiel, that uh, um, Raghu and Michael Mead are my driving podcasts because you're good for traffic. You're good for the brain in traffic. Uh, good good for traffic. Can I get that as a testimonial? That's cool. <laughs> Absolutely. You're good for traffic, man. I said I need a speaker on the top of my car to play to the rest of the people in traffic. Yeah. That's, that's what we really need. How did you guys get... Okay, so Mike does stand-up and all sorts of other comedic-type things. Yeah. And O'Teal is a musician. You, uh, Many of you know of him uh, because of The Dead and Allman Brothers, actually. Uh, but currently, of course, The Dead. So how did you guys get together? What happened? Well, it's because of Mike's podcast. Yeah, I had a podcast uh, called Amigos, and I got in touch um, to interview O'Teal when The Dead were in town playing Madison Square Garden in Nassau Coliseum. And on a night in between... No, a day in between. We got together. Remember, it was only supposed to be about a half hour or so. And uh, two hours later, we were like <laughs> oh, yeah. wiping, wiping tears yeah. away, kind of like, oh my God, did we uh, just really? become brothers? You, I think You never it, had met before? No. Mm -hmm. Wow. In fact, never That's even cool. spoke before. Wow. And, Talk and about karma. We we connected on a on a until you put it the best right we we it was we we've we've both had very mystical experiences not drug related. <laughs> Life that, oh, there you, is things like that without drugs. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> and that came, up very, that. That came <laughs> up very fast. That came up very fast. Wow, that's amazing. That yeah, and it has uh, you know happened to me as well. And I only ascribe it to, okay, we, we, reincarnation is real, okay? There's souls that know each other and they travel in pods and all that kind of stuff. I believe yeah. in it. So uh, that's great. Um, well, uh, yeah, go ahead, Mike. Well, well, no, and then from, we kind of, we talked about those experiences and then we said, we should do a podcast someday, but right. who's got the time? And then the world right. gave us the time. Right. <laughs> so, what about now? Things are a little different. I know, Oteil, aren't you out there right now? I'm or? actually still home mostly. Mike is about to like just Go be slammed. Yeah. Oh, we're yeah. both, yeah. I mean, it's But I have a tour coming up. It'll, it's going to get busy. Get busy, yeah. Yeah. But you can do it like this. So it doesn't matter. You just need an, an hour and somebody to help you. Yeah, you got, and you got somebody to help you plan. We do. Somebody, yeah. So we really do. Yeah, that's great. Uh, it's a, it's a marvelous thing. Just, for me, just meeting, like I met you guys, I'm like, wow, you know, what a great thing. You know, you you be, you have this uh, ex interchange and exchange going on at the same time. And uh, 
it's just lovely to make new friends. That's all simple as that, especially, you know, over the pandemic time when things were, you weren't going many places. Now we're going out there a little bit tentatively, although that may be in jeopardy as well. God knows with our world, right? What about our world right now? <laughs> oh. uh, perpetually, it feels that way to me. <laughs> I'm like, when does it not feel like that? Although the pandemic is really... Uh, I guess just exacerbated all the feelings and awareness, mm. but you know the climate, the impending climate crisis. I got young kids, so it's always right here. Like, wow, what yeah. what are they inheriting? Holy yeah, crap! Yeah, I, for me, it's grandchildren, but yeah, same kind of a thing. Yeah, um, it's scary. And you know, the, uh, this war is uh, yeah. There's not much words you can put to it, but certainly very disconcerting. <laughs> And uh, <clears throat> the amount of suffering is extraordinary. Yeah. Um, we actually, I'm just thinking, I mean, we just put out something that just, you know, we are aligned with Ukraine and, and we hope for peace and we look for that, you know, whatever. It was just a nice note. The chairwoman of the chairman of woman of the board of Love Serve Remember wrote, and I got a, I saw a couple of replies and went, well, wait a minute now. Yes, this is a really bad thing, but how about, do you know what's going on in Yemen? Do you know what's still going on in Syria? And start listing all what the about different places. Haiti. Haiti. I mean, Haiti is so close to where I am in Florida. Yeah. And I went with my wife. And you're like, how is this? And, you know, we've been to Africa and India and places where there's some extreme poverty Haiti's like as bad as anything I've ever seen I'm like how are we letting that go on like that close like do we really care mm, I don't think so <laughs> yeah. you know well, and when I say we I don't mean people I mean the government so when we talk yeah. about America there's the land there's that's the a, people and yeah, there's the yeah. government that's so. a big rabbit hole boy oh boy <laughs> being that I'm from Canada um, yeah. I, I look askance and and at the same time you know it's not a lot of difference in terms of what was done impressing people up north or down south so yeah, yeah that seems the to native americans things. didn't have so great up there <laughs> you know? no no you know uh, so it's a tough thing and and you know thank god for uh humor and music right yeah. I mean, the, in terms of, we got together, by the way, you know, these guys, yeah. everybody were pretty interested just to chat about Ram Dass and you know, stuff that interested them around consciousness and, and so on. And that's how we got together. Yeah. And uh, it was a lovely thing. And I think I mentioned it last time that one thing that Ram Dass constantly referred to was music and humor. Yeah, as, as a big part of the path for us, it's uh, I have to say, yeah, right at the very top. You know, uh, it's too. and both things are so available for anyone, and we are all open to music and humor, and the way it which can help transform uh, lives is, is is pretty incredible. Yeah, how, Mike, talk about how you. Just what you went through to even realize there was something else other than being beat over the head with a lead pipe. Uh, 
called a society and parental <laughs> control and school systems, etc. Uh, wow. Talk about a rabbit hole. Um, yeah. no, you know, I, I think I was always looking for uh, a place to belong. You know, I, I think personally, like I, I always felt like uh, I had one foot out the door with everything I was doing or everywhere I was. Uh, I moved a lot as a kid and um, tried to just sort of never settle in to one place, always be ready to kind of bounce if I have to, you know? And uh, it, it, through, you know, I've kind of forced certain religious, like had to go to church, had to be involved with, you know, altar boy, had to be involved with youth group, had to be involved with all this, and I couldn't get away from it fast enough. Um, but once I started to realize that there was... I, I always had a feeling that there was something just right there. Like mm. there's always somewhere just right here that I don't really get yet. We talk about it sometimes how it's like you're looking at a magic eye puzzle, but you can't see it until it is ready to be seen, I think. And, um, you know, through the, the music, through, the, you know, the Grateful Dead and through some of that scene and getting on the road and meeting like-minded people and being open to a community and a, and a family and friendship really helped me so much to realize like that, you know, there's loneliness and there's being alone. And sometimes Mm. when you're Mm. with a thousand people, you could be the loneliest you've ever been. And, and if you're alone, sometimes you're (laughs) more connected with the universe than ever. And I I think that that was something that I kind of had to figure out for myself and get used to for sure. Mm. And, and the teachings of, you know, Ramdas and as other, as others, um, really kind of gave me that like understanding that like I always felt like I I needed to know everything all the time and it's what a silly thing to try to shoot for, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, we're like plants, you know. I mean, it's like you're a caterpillar walking around, and all of a sudden you're like, oh shit, what's happening, you know? And then all of a sudden you're in a cocoon and then you've come out and you got a fight and you're a butterfly. Like, what the hell's going on? Yeah. You know? It's the just worst that the thing timing's is, not yours. You know? Yeah, the right. worst thing is when they give you a name. As soon as they give you that name, oh, that's, right. that's all, yeah. it's all downhill from there. <laughs> did we tell you Did we tell you when, when you came on about how uh, right before the pandemic, O'Teal and I almost got run over by a truck? <laughs> no. For <laughs> <laughs> real, tell me, Otil, you were what was it right before the almonds played? Madison Square Garden, yeah, that's right. And um, we're coming down the street, and there's this big, huge, just like it's a fence, but it's like a wrought iron gate or whatever. Like it was too high to even climb over. And this guy's coming just flying down the street and the truck's like this and the front like oh. left wheel driver's wheel is the tire's gone. And it's just sparks and it looks like flames just shooting out and he's just careening. And we're looking like there's nowhere to go. Like either he's going to hit us or he's not. And we're both like, are we about to die right now? Like, And then he just makes this turn, a sharp turn that I didn't think he could make because he was making a right and his left front tire was gone. And so he goes, he makes the turn, the sparks are just flying around. And we were like, okay, 
that's an omen about something. Like that's just a near miss. Like we just experienced almost dying together. Like the closest either of us have ever come. Mm. And I just was like, like the first time we hung out. Basically, that was that's an interesting. (laughs) And then the pandemic happened. Yeah. We literally looked at each other and we're like, well, we lived for a reason, I guess. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, that reminds me of uh, this story, which i uh, told often before. It always stands repeating. Um, so, uh, there was one of our mentors, his name was K.K. Shah. He was Ramdas's Indian brother. He was the first translator with Neem Karoli Baba, the man in the blanket. Mm-hmm. And he was the one who brought him back to his house in, in that for those first moments that uh, he met him. So he remained clo- very close. I mean, we have a trove of uh, letters back and forth that are, you read these letters, you're, you know, you're a puddle in about, you know, five minutes. It's just pretty amazing. He was an amazing being and we spent a lot of time with him. His name is K.K. Shaw. And he went to... Uh, um, uh, a gathering called a Mela in India, Kumbha Mela, where there's millions of people in Allahabad, where the three rivers come together, the Ganga, the Yamuna, and you That's know. where our daughter is from. We adopted oh, a girl from, from Allahabad. Allahabad. Uh-huh. Yeah. And we, we, when we got there, we found out like wow. how sacred a spot it was. We were like, cool. <laughs> we didn't know that at all. Absolutely. We, we spent yeah. a lot of time there because Maharaji used to stay with uh, another uh, devotee there. So yeah. the the several years that we knew him, yeah, we spent time there. It's a big and, story that happened around that too, right? Something about well, yeah, they knew the they were coming and all that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. I don't want to sidetrack you though. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, there's always all these great stories, but this in particular related to what happened where you you missed buying it all, <laughs> as they say, <laughs> uh, by very very little. So anyhow, KK went there and he was out on a boat on the river with. Neem Karoli Baba and the boatmen, and they went out some ways. So it's a confluence of the of the Ganges and the Yamuna and the Saraswati is the third invisible river. So Maharaji says, KK. He didn't call him KK actually, but <laughs> jump out of the boat into the river. And KK, who, you know, he couldn't swim. Not, many Indian people cannot swim. And he said, no, 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 I, I can't do that, I'm afraid. No. He said, just jump. No, 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 I don't know how to swim, I can't do it. And then Maharaji pointed to a bridge about, you know, a couple of football fields down that crossed the river. He said, "If you, you know, and we're talking a few hundred feet up, if you jumped, if you jumped from that bridge, you cannot die unless it is at it absolutely is that is your moment it's important nothing can happen so kk started thinking oh god i'm with my guru here and you know it's like a big sign of distrust uh, you know distrust rather so he finally said ah okay i'll jump so he he, he you know he, he grabbed his nose and he jumped in so the water wouldn't get in <clears throat> came up to his knees, the water. <laughs> That's cold, man. Yeah. The yeah, trickster really. guru. Yeah, right. Exactly that. 
exactly that. But I'll, you know, now I tell this story. I've told it many times. Every time I do, it's just a reinforce of, you know, sitting around. It's having awareness that we are uh, timed out. You know, we are perishable. Right? Yeah. Uh, is as Don Juan from the um, Carlos Castaneda's books. I'm not sure if you know those books, yeah. Way of the Yaki. And he used to talk about keep death on your left shoulder. In other words, keep mm -hmm. present that you are going to really inhabit every moment and yeah. not be lost in the past or the future. That is what that means. And, and then this reality that keeping that in perspective and you're not going to be looking to to be in fear all the time, you know, around potentially passing. And that's as a young person or, or, or an old person. It doesn't really matter. It's good to get going yeah. when you're young, I think. Anyhow, yeah. yeah. So that, yeah, no way you were going to get popped by that truck. No way. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my mom told me that uh, because she was a labor and delivery and emergency room nurse for 37 years. I don't know. I mean, a really long time. Mm. And she just saw flat out miracles. I mean, she was a sciencey person, but she was like, there's a baby that was dead for an hour, a solid hour, and it came back. She was like, that's just not possible. Yeah. If you're, yeah. when you shut down for a certain amount of time and then the brain shuts and all this, she's like, yeah. it's not possible. But, yeah. There we go. Yeah. And she there said what she learned from that and the many other things, she was like, when it's your time, it's your time. But when it's not, it's not. You can yeah. be in a plane crash and yeah. walk away if it's not your time. Yeah. So don't yeah. worry about it, you know? Yeah. I think yeah. about that now more that, uh, now that I have kids because I think, God, if something happens to me, which I never thought about, what would I miss? So I'm just mm -hmm. like, okay, so just savor, 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 savor. Mm -hmm. Just roll it around your mm -hmm. mouth till it melts. Don't chew one time. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I like that. Like, <laughs> yeah. So you know, I, speaking of uh, the story of the baby from the hospital, um, this past weekend, I actually, uh, I watched a seminar with a man, Raymond Moody. He's an older man now that uh, he is the expert on near-death experience. NDEs, yeah. you've heard of that? Yeah, well, and, we just had Jeffrey Mishlove and Stefan oh, A. Schwartz I, on. Uh -huh. So we were talking uh, about that stuff. Amazing yeah. stuff, yeah. 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 Wow. Well, okay, I heard this he, This guy, and they were with you know a couple of younger colleagues and so on, and uh, he's he has done like thousands and thousands of interviews with people who've had near-death experience just amazing and he said i'm going to show you a video it's a new thing called shared near-death experience and i was like i wonder what that is whoa so he said watch this video of a man who was in a um a critical car accident and He's and I'm telling I'm telling you that this convinced me more than the actual near death experience stories, which I was convinced. But this this was the topper, <laughs> and you know what it was. So he's in the 
he's in the ER, you know, they're trying to keep him alive. His wife had died. His son uh, made it through a really horrific car crash. Okay. And, and this is the guy talking. And he said, my wife came to me and said, you got to go back. So he was halfway down, you know, through the tunnel, all of the stuff yeah. that is corroborated by thousands of people. You know, it's crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you have to take care of our son, basically. So that's what happened to him. And he had the NDE. Then the guy sitting next to him said, here's what happened to me. I'm a doctor. I was in the hospital. And somebody said to me, there's this very um, intense thing going on. Would you come into the ER? And he did. And he got in the ER. He apparently could see this man's wife communicating with him. Wow. And know, and knew what it was that that Jeez. convinced Dr. Yeah. Moody. I mean, and I went, whoa, okay, that is a talk about the absolute reality of interconnectedness with every molecule. I mean, it, it, it is. But see, all of us have had this thing. The whole reason Mike and I did this podcast together is because I told him about a mystical experience that happened to me mm. that absolutely convinced me. And he told me about a mystical experience that happened to him that absolutely convinced him. Mm. And I was like, Let's talk about that. Yeah. And now after a year, like it is like it's laser focusing on just that. We have musicians, comedians, and the conversation always gets back mm. to the heavy mm. stuff. Right. But now it's just this because this stuff, it's based on experience. And if you haven't experienced it, there's nothing I could explain to you. It's like, yeah. but if you experienced it, you'll never not know it. Nobody could ever tell you you're crazy or talk you out of it or whatever. You're like, no, man. Yeah. I tell you what, one that just happened. My brother passed away three years ago. Mm. His oldest childhood friend came and spoke at the funeral. Um, his dad had passed away from cancer. So we're talking. And I say, how you doing? He goes, man, uh, we the subject got around to Kofi, my brother. He said, yeah, Kofi and my dad are still around. They came to me in a dream mm. about a week ago. I was like, really? He said, yeah. And it was really weird because they were very specific what they told me. They said, go get your PSAs checked. <laughs> he was oh, like, yeah, that's okay, right. you know. Prostate. So he hasn't seen his regular doctor in two years because of COVID. So he makes an appointment to go see her. And... She says, you look great. He goes, hey, can I get my PSAs checked? And she goes, why? Like, you're not due for that for another year. And he said, well, can you just humor me? And uh, so she said, what happened? He told her and she laughed at him. And he goes, can you just humor me? So she did it. I think he might have had to pay for it. I don't know if insurance doesn't cover it unless mm. you have to wait till the time yeah. is up or whatever. Yeah. He's like, just do it. <laughs> She calls him back immediately the day, go see your Rogers right now. Like he had the exact same cancer his dad died of. Oh, now he had five different options for treating this cancer. He was down to two. And if it had gone on for another year, he'd probably be out of here. So it's just like 
You'll know, and he's a super. He built my brother's first computer. Talk about a sciencey guy, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. I mean, this is back, way back, way uh, back, right? Yeah. And you'll never not convince him. Forget right. it, man. It saves his life. Just recently, he just got the talk doctor. about practical application of mystical Dude, experience. But such a specific are. thing, yeah. right? Aren't yeah. they? Aren't yeah. they? Yeah. When you look back. Yeah, exactly. On it, you go, oh, that was totally practical. What? <laughs> and, and what's such an interesting thing, too, and such an important piece is that, you know, even like with O'Teal and I, the thing that meant so much to me was that we never met before. We were an hour and a half into knowing each other, and I shared probably one of the more, like, powerfully vulnerable and and confusing moments that I've ever had. And and I just like, cause I felt like I somehow knew that it was okay to tell him that. Mm-hmm. And then he connected with it from something that he had experienced too. And it was like, oh wow. Like I can actually talk to another man about, I don't have to feel crazy. Yeah. Like that's super important. Right. It was like just to, to be able to, when you experience these things is one thing. But I wonder how many people experience these things and have no idea how or who to talk to about, you know, you know to talk with about it. And yeah, that's a, it, that's a that's terrible. An issue. It's, it's an issue, which yeah. is why we, the foundation, Love Serve Remember Foundation, absolutely goes out uh, and, and supports fellowships around the country and the world for that matter. I mean, that's a mission. That, that's something because mm-hmm. people, especially with what's gone on here in the last couple of years, uh, it's definitely a mission so people can meet with each other. Like uh, there's a, a, a Gita course going on right now that Ramdas did at Naropa uh, that we present just started uh, in 1974. It's a phenomenal course. And then part of what happened, there's teachers that get on every week and extemporize over the theme and all. And, and of course, all of the wonderful files from back then that we have that we cleaned up and all that. Uh, and then there, what's the highlight for, for many people is getting on a Zoom together like this, except with, you know, hundreds of people, and being able to talk to each other. Yeah. That's what yeah. it's all about. You guys just hit the mother load it, karmically that suddenly there you are together and realizing the, um, the way in which uh, the openness, it seems like, you, you both have really fit it was just a beautiful fit and uh that that's a very fortunate thing in this life and by the way uh, for me it's not about um i mean this this kind of thing getting a dream like that i i've had that happen to me as well you know i think i told you my son was almost dead for uh, uh, sick in the hospital um and I got a dream. Nimkaroli Baba came to me and said, "Yeah, no, he'll be okay by tomorrow." And he wow. went to the hospital, and he was okay. Wow. So um, these things happen, and they are obviously major. But I think of like the ineffable kinds of things that happen to ton. Uh, most people, if they're able to be open enough, and they haven't been manipulated so, you know, so hard by by parental or church or synagogue, whatever it is. Uh, and we all, once that opens up, we have a chance to be able to hear each other in a much different way. 
Yeah. As long as you trust that. That's my 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 biggest thing for people is you get a hold of that ineffable experience. Remember what it was and trust it. And then it'll lead yeah. you intuitively to the next thing that is needed to open up more, become, as His Holiness the Dalai Lama said, kinder, more compassionate. That's what it's about. That's Not studious about. In, in any of the... Uh, you know, yeah. the deeper teachings. I feel very fortunate to have found some, you know, someone to be able to, to, you know, drive in an hour out and back from New York city and late night, just kind of like rapping and talking. And it, mm. it's, it was, it, mm. I don't know where I would have been, honestly, it's a, you know, and, and, and it's, it's important because, you know, we've had interesting conversations with, and there's such synchronistic, um, we both had uncle Billy's <laughs> in our life that like our dads were, you know, like kind of, I had an experience where my uncle had, uh, he had cancer and I had to go on the road for about three or four weeks to do shows. And I told my family, I don't want to know when he goes, like if I'm on the road, I don't know if I'm going to be able to, to handle it. If I, you know, I'll go say my goodbyes before I leave or mm. hopefully, you know, and I had a dream that I was walking by uh, on the side of a lake, on the shore of a lake, and it was nighttime. And my whole family was there. And an aunt walks by and she goes, go check on your uncle. And I turn and my uncle walks right by me. And he's standing nice and tall and proud and dressed sharp, looks great. And he blows right by me and walks towards the water. And I immediately popped up and I knew he had passed away. And I oh, called my sister wow. and I said, is uncle Bill still with us? And she goes, no, he, 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 it was like about a half hour ago he died. And I I told her the dream I had near the lake and everything. And she goes, you gotta be kidding me. She said from his hospice window, I'll send you a picture of what we're looking at. And it was the sunrise coming up over the lake. And it was like exactly where I was in the dream (laughs) and the whole, even the angle of it and everything. And, and It's just such an unbelievable, um, you know, he came to say, I feel like he came to, to say, say goodbye to me, you know, and that's not something that I don't, for, for, I don't think I've told that before we talked about it this year or whatever. And then it's like, oh, it's okay to tell something like, you know, it's okay to talk about that. And, and it, and it feels good to be able to, cause then you realize, wow, other people have had experiences similar. Absolutely. Sure. No, that's a gift. That's, it that's is. a gift it's, to people. It's the best, man. I I, I love. Uh, we were so lucky to have Stanley Krippner on. Oh my god! And he said, yeah. "You know, the reason that I do this and I've been so passionate about it is because I know that people will pathologize these experiences, or someone else yeah. will pathologize yeah. it yeah. for them." Yeah. And he said, "You know, when we were in training as very young students in." psychology, psychiatry, he said, you know, our teacher told us, if you dream in color, then you're schizophrenic. And he looked at all his friends. He was like, (laughs) we're all bunkers, you know? And he was like, this is crazy. Like, you know, so he just immediately didn't accept, like, he's like, that's crazy. Come on. (laughs) So I love that. And I love that about, you know, what a gift it was for the pandemic to have a podcast and be able to, to just connect. That's the yeah. best thing. Yeah. And yeah. in this way, especially, you know. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And and none of it was forced. I mean, I think one of the beautiful things that we were able to do going into it was that like we didn't go into it thinking about the numbers or the ratings or whatever. We we wanted to get in touch with the people that we felt we needed or that we maybe could benefit from talking to. And then lo and behold, the people who there were people that wanted to hear from those people too, <laughs> you know, and they, yeah. they ended up being so some of the, yeah. the messages of how grateful people were for just some of the like guests that we had, that we were so excited to yourself. Yeah. I mean, like there are so many amazing yeah. people that we had. <laughs> I can't believe it. Oh my God. I mean, I when we know. were putting together our wish list, you were like on the top, but we're like, not yet. I don't think he'd want to do our little podcast just <laughs> we yet. Can't but, even ask you. <laughs> okay. You know, uh, Ramdas is so great because he really voices the worst bullshit that you have in your head. And I, I just was I just was sharing this, but I did so, you know, just the idea of oh yeah, wow, I was on the top of their list, you know, whatever that I mean, very little lift do I get from that, but I still mindfulness go, oh, that's interesting. Um, but then I did a podcast with Ramdas, right? What's Ramdas all about? That tremendous honesty. It's okay. You can be human. Look yeah, at the yeah. fuck upness I have done, you know, and I don't take it as seriously. It's okay. You know, that kind of thing changed my whole life, you know, because it was yeah. all like this horrific light shining back on what we all do judging, you know, you are a shit heel. And just, you know, you're a sinner. Okay, that's it. Yeah. That's so, why confession is so powerful. Yeah, right. If you can right. admit it, then it's <laughs> yeah, a lot. Oh, like it half out. the you chains come out. off of you, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and somebody so, loves you in spite of it. Here's what Ramdas said. I'm doing, I couldn't believe it. I, I'm introducing one of, one of his talks, right? And it said, and <clears throat> he said, I'm very happy. Being an arrogant, confused charlatan who has lost God. <laughs> so everyone goes, oh, okay, we're okay. Oh, yeah. So I right. think of that, like, you know, and mm. being puffed up in any way, which or whatever goes on, you know, relationship with, you know, our guru and Ram, all of it. It's just a bunch of horse shit. And, and that's the, the beauty of it is... Uh, is really that Ramdas gave us is that ability to be honest and and not take so serious, which is why Mike humor is so mm-hmm. absolutely important uh, in, yeah. in all of this. Yeah, it really. You know, is. and that's you know the greatest comics. You you see that okay, we don't need to take ourselves so seriously because look at us. Or a complete fuck up. Look at uh, Larry David, by the way, who's my favorite <laughs> great. of Amazing. all favorites. Um, yeah. Awesome. yeah, he just does it all day long. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's so great. It's not great yeah. when my girlfriend starts to call me Larry, though. It's not so good. Uh, <laughs> but you know, when you, if uh, yeah, finding the, the right mate that you can accept when they just call you out, you know, that is like the most <laughs> valuable thing on earth because my wife, she's just, she could just be like, dude, no, no, oh, please no. And I'm just like, all right, all right, I just accept, you know, yeah, that's so <laughs> you, know that, you know where they're right. <laughs> uh, 
Okay, we can't go any further here, and uh, we we have to ask you, Otil, about uh, the dead. How the hell did you end up playing bass for the dead? Okay, I mean, do you know? Because I was there, you know, back in the day, right? And uh, what was your first year that you saw him? Yeah, that was. Yeah, I'm wondering this too. I was late. It was nine. Nineteen sixty-seven. I was a year too late. (laughs) I was three in 67. <laughs> you were three? I was negative. Did they take you out to see the dead? <laughs> oh, no. My no. parents are like hardcore jazz heads. Oh, okay. Well, I, I actually think they didn't even know who the Grateful Dead was. There's a really good chance that they didn't know. Well, you know They're from the Bronx, like... You know. Listen, I'm I'm all with your parents, okay? Never mind. It's, <laughs> yeah, dead or great, all that stuff, but... I was a major jazz head at that time. When I was in yeah. high school, I was going to the the five spot, right? Mount Mingus, Sonny yeah. Rollins. Oh, you know, wow. The that whole was the thing. time, too. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I got it. I, I was, mm. that was my taste, was that. It wasn't, you know. That was my dad's religion, man, was that. Yeah. You know. Yeah, but, well, you know, and I, but I grew, I grew up with that. I'm actually a jazz drummer. I picked up bass just because it's a convoluted story, yeah. But I picked up my brother's electric bass. In the notes they gave me. Uh, (laughs) Well, you know, I still play. Like I always played the drum solo with the drummers in the Almond Brothers band, and Uh I always play the drum solo with Bill and Mickey. He's an anointed rhythm devil. I'm an Uh actual rhythm devil, but I'm horned. Yeah. So when I was coming up, my thing was more like. Uh, jazz rock fusion, like all the the guys that played with Miles that started playing electric, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. and then the funk guys and yeah. you know all that stuff. And um, I I met this crazy alien named Colonel Bruce Hampton when I was like yeah, twenty four. You talked about when yeah. I came on you guys' uh, podcast. Yeah, yeah, and he my whole life took a left, and that's when I really got into. The older folk musics, like the roots of all American music, the old mm, mm. blues, uh, jazz, funk, country, bluegrass, like all the folk musics. And then I didn't see it at the time, but that's what prepared me for the Almond Brothers gig. Mm. And then when I got that gig, I was with them for like 17 years. So we played with, you know, people from the dead sat in with us. Phil had sat in with us. Bob had sat in with us. Uh. And um, there's this overlap because the Dead and the Almond Brothers played together. And Colonel Bruce was tight with both of them. Dwayne Almond got Colonel Bruce his first record deal on Capricorn. And Colonel Bruce was also tight with Pigpen. No. Yeah, when we had Steve Parrish on our podcast, he was reminiscing about Colonel Bruce. And I'm thinking it's more recent. And then I was like, oh, he's talking about like 1969. I was like, he's like, yeah, I remember all that. I was just like, wow. So there was all that, you know, me and uh, Colonel Bruce's first bass player, the bass player with that band when he was, it was called the Hampton Grease Band. And when he was hanging out with the Dead and the Almonds, that guy, Mm. Mike Holbrook, me and him have the same birthday. Mm. And the drummer in that band is now the head of the Grammys, Mike Green. (laughs) It's like, there's all, and with Colonel Bruce, there's so many synchronicities and just, it goes on and on and on. And that's how I got with the dead because it just was like, 
I had a plan for my life yeah. and God had another plan. Yeah, right. And I went with the flow and it <laughs> turned out just fine. <laughs> but he was also he was also uh influential spiritually. Right? Oh, huge. The first book he ever gave me. I was so just confused and scared, terrified of this planet. You know, I was like 24 mm. when I met. And he had this song called Basically Frightened. And it just like, I was like, yeah. And he said, yeah, if you're not basically frightened, if you're not frightened of all this stuff that's going on, you are crazy. Mm. You know what I mean? So he, he, the first book he ever gave me was the Book of the Tao. Oh, wow. And I'm really grateful for the translation mm. that it was because you know from reading it, I'm sure the different translations, like one could just, you're like, huh? And then another one is just like an arrow right through the forehead. What's the one that, uh, uh, just because we're doing this, it'd be good, we'll put it up in the show notes. People can uh, get a The copy. one I'm into, is, I think his name is Stephen Hastings. I wrote it, uh, I did it on audiobook last time. Mm. I just go back over and so, over. So the the so Stephen Hastings. I think that's his name. I'll look at my okay. uh, Audible yeah, we'll, account. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll get the, uh, the yeah. show notes. People will take care of that. Uh, oh, that's fantastic. Um, yeah. So yeah, there I was uh, to back to the dead. Yeah. There I was, and then I went. To, I saw them in Montreal actually the first time with the airplane. Of all things, ah, oh, wow. uh, uh, Jack. Yeah, and then I was living out on the West Coast, and w there was—I'm not sure if you guys remember—before there was Winterland. Bill Graham, uh, I think, with the Dead, and maybe another band. I'm not quite sure I remember correctly, but it was called the Carousel Ballroom, yeah. not the Avalon Ballroom. You know, that was Chet Helms. Yeah. This was Bill. And so every, I mean, the greatest bands that we have all ever heard of, every week at the carousel, we would go there. We were not looking to see, oh, so-and-so's there. The dead's there. Let's go. We just went as a <laughs> ritual. Can you imagine that every weekend? Incredible. And there was the dead, you know, half, you know, two o'clock in the morning. I'm like, holy Jesus, you know, and we're awfully... <laughs> We have imbibed in many different ways, and so had they, and that's what was going on. That was the Haight-Ashbury days. And then later, um, uh, somewhat later, once I had met Ramdas, we went... So Ramdas spent a lot of time with the dead, right? And uh, yeah. he was, you know, close to Owsley, and Owsley did sound and acid, and... Yeah. Uh, and we went and they had some, this is reminiscing folks a little bit uh, about those wonderful days and horrible days. They were both. And uh, so the dead were playing and in the Cow Palace, actually. And it was the Wall of Sound. I'm sure you know of the Wall of Sound. I have never ever heard anything as loud in my entire life <laughs> but not bad loud good loud osley had advised whoever the sound guy was into a double mic system so that they had the wall behind them the double mic so that it wouldn't it canceled feedback and i was with people who couldn't sit stay there the, the bass was 
inside you and vibrate. I'm, I'm telling you, it was extraordinary. And, and Ramdas is backstage, back, no, not backstage, on the other side of the wall. I mean, talking about 35 foot high across yeah. the whole stage. Yeah. And he's the, with acid, you know, and all the crew, you know, and they're on, you know, I don't know how many micrograms of acid, but far too I, many. And, yeah. <laughs> but not for, I mean, you know, he, and there we are. And Jerry Garcia took off, you know, sometimes he used to really take off. Yeah, man. Um, and in this case, it was like into astral plane after astral plane. Mm, yeah. It's unbelievable. And I'm honestly, I wasn't the biggest dead fan. Uh, the way, you know, I never traveled, followed, you know, none of that stuff. Um, but in the moments that, and I, you know, I did see them quite a bit, as I said, they played there a lot and I was just going down there. So, um, that is my experience. So in the research for hanging out with you guys, somebody gave me, not somebody, Ganesh, uh, that Ramdas wrote a eulogy for Jerry when he died. Do you have you wow. ever seen that? No, I Whoa. have not. No, uh, I have not. Yeah, perfect. I'm oh, going to okay. read goosebumps. It. Ooh, yeah, me it's, too. It's wow. pretty unbelievable. It's called Jerry's Gone. Jerry's dead. An era has ended, and here we are still. All these years, the dead concerts have been spirit made manifest, deep connections into living, vibrant love. Now the high priest has split. The Tao Te Ching, the Tao, speaks of the best leader as one who leaves the people thinking they did it all themselves. Jerry was that kind of leader. He turned the power back to the people. He and the band, they have never really bought into, quote-unquote, superstardom. They have seen themselves more as catalysts in the magical mix of the moment that allowed each person at the gathering to feel safe enough to become self-luminous. Mm -hmm. I love that. Wow. So now Jerry has dropped his body, and here we are, still. Through him and his mythic playmates came the sound that connected us to our deeper selves. This was our spiritual practice, our doorway, genuinely ours, and it worked. Now Jerry isn't, and we are still. So has all that free-form ecstasy that we garnered from an otherwise shadow world transformed us or made us more free? Has it just left us as a group of sad, grateful dead addicts? In withdrawal, <laughs> for sure we will grieve the monumental loss of our friend Jerry for a long, long, long time. Most likely we will go through some powerful depression and despair, and we may even court cynicism. After all, it's not easy to lose your connection. But Jerry's legacy to us is more profound than all of that. He is in us. Just as we have been in him, we have all been not a tribe or a family, but a bubble of awareness riding upon the ocean of sound that is in and beyond the sounds we hear here. 
Wow. Where did he come up with that? <laughs> now That's it's up so to good. us to co-create other safe spaces where we can listen to what Jerry heard and to allow our love light to shine. Jerry is gone in one form, but like the magician that he is, he has explosively been transformed into a million Jerry's. One improvising in each of our hearts. Jerry, we express our gratefulness by becoming the memory of you. Mm. Wow. This is published in uh, 95. Uh, it's, it's from Garcia, Grateful Celebration by Dupree's Diamond News. Dupree's Diamond News. I got to check that out. I like yeah. that. Wow, that was Anyhow, how about that? Amazing. Yeah. I finally found out what my job title is. Mythic what? Playmate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if there's no dead cover bands with that name, there's going to be 10 now after this. Oh, yeah. shit. Get, don't even. This isn't going out for a bit. So, yeah, write that down and get that fucking URL now. <laughs> Mythic it's Playmate. That's yeah, so man. beautiful. Yeah. Really. Oh, it's, it's like just... from that movie Soul. Uh, what was it? Uh, Mystics, Mystics Without, without borders. borders. Yeah. Oh. Uh, did you did you did you catch that yet, Ragu? Have you no. seen it? Oh no. man, Mystics Without Borders. I no, it's it. called Dude. Soul. It's a Disney. It's a Pixar. Oh, Soul. Yeah, movie. Yeah, oh. yeah. I saw that. Okay. Oh, so that's yeah. in the. Yeah, right. I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I like the bubble thing here. Where was that? Mm -hmm. That was really. I mean, he re he must have really. <laughs> oh, he came well, up with this. I, it, it's it's I'm a bubble of awareness riding upon the ocean of sound. That is in and beyond the sounds we ear here. Ear here. Ear here. Ear here. Good. That's really neat. He who has an ear. Be ear here. Be ear Man. I imagine there must have just been times when you're sitting there listening to him and you're like, where is this coming from? Like, how on earth is this? It's just like a, just a river of... of mm. Con like just consciousness and thought and words that would come through Ramdas. Like I just loved his patience. Like that's really one of the things that I I have found. We were talking about comedy recently, and like the comedy I love is the comedy where you can like appreciate the silence. Like you're when you're starting out, you're like silence is the scariest thing in the world. But when you can like yeah. take a breath and let the room settle and all of that, listening to be here now and listening to his talks and the pauses he would take and just how you know how much in you know, intent he had on each word, like so incredible. Mm. Yeah. Really, really like it took his time. Yeah. And you know, all these different sound bites from Be Here Now on. Um we find in his talks, I mean, I having to do what I do, I do still uncover these gems, you know. And I but when he was alive, I used to say, Oh shit, I just found this thing. You said it's unbelievable. And, I let me and I'd read it to him or something, and he go, "Wow, that's pretty good." <laughs> like it wasn't him, but I don't think it is. Like you know, when I'm playing music, I, yeah, yeah, you hear so that it's the things that just are screaming out that you pull down. So I'm just pulling it down into this yeah. plane. Yeah, I'm not. I don't think I'm. And I'm sure when you're like, it's just like big call it, religious people call it being in the spirit, or you could call it flow state or whatever. Yeah, yeah. We all get it's messed all up with these yeah, semantics. Yeah. But um, <laughs> it's that thing, you know, and I'm sure he probably is like, wow, 
that was badass. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 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 exactly. Who knew I had that in me? (laughs) Yeah. Um, By the way, just to say, you know, again, you know, and going through stuff, Oteil, the, uh, yeah, listen to you sing comes a time. There's some, I got a link. It was really, um, really wonderful. And then you had the, uh, Good fortune of having a pretty good guitar player <laughs> playing right. the solo with you. Jesus, you know, I don't, I know John's work, but because I was paying more attention right here, you know, in that particular, I really love that, that song. Boy, he's good. Yeah. John. Jeez. I love his karma with the Grateful Dead. Mm. And I love... All of the deadheads and the band's karma with him. Because it's the fan's karma with him is just as important as his karma with the band. Mm, mm -hmm. Because he's like the island of misfit toys in our world. He's a pop star. Yeah. You know, when he came on, I said, he he said, uh, after the pandemic, he came on the podcast. He goes, well, I just made an album that all the deadheads are going to hate. (laughs) and i said well being a pop star is waving your freak flag over here so it's all good like it's just all to teach us about judgment Mm. because you know of course when it was announced that he was going to be jerry like what no say it isn't so right and it's just (laughs) like remember when he came out wearing they call it your body's a tablecloth the the outfit the shorts and the top that looked like a picnic blanket (laughs) <laughs> and he was like yeah. he's like what are they gonna say look how they're dressed they can't say anything to me and i was just like this is great yeah. this is just how god balances out the force you yeah. know it, it and you know good. him and bob have the same birthday no to throw a little synchronicity in there that colonel bruce hit me too wow uh, yeah so there's a karma there's a heavy heavy like heavy karma it's really funny i love mm, it that's so good <laughs> wow uh it's, i don't know if you know uh, justin beretta glitch mob do you know that band Mm-mm. yeah one of the top electronic bands in in the world in the world in the country uh and he's we've been working with him he's been putting soundtracks to ramdas meditation you you would dig it actually both of you nice. uh nice. check him out uh, it's it's Beretta B O R E T A on Spotify Beretta Ramdas Beretta times Ramdas. Okay. Uh, they are quite fantastic. Uh, oh, that sounds great. And we've been working with him on different things, and uh, he 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 said something that really struck me. Uh, what Ramdas was saying uh, reminds me of you know how he was presenting the material that uh, he wanted to share with people. It reminds me of the Grateful Dead. Hmm. Because it's not about the band, and it's not about the crowd, and it's not a give or take. It's about it all together, the oneness, exploring behind identity to that place of pure awareness, which is what Ramdas was saying in this uh, m- memorial to Jerry. Right? It's yeah. It's... Beyond the subject object, it is being yes. love rather than doing love it's back and forth. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that a great thing? And it, 
Isn't that what it's all about? I mean, Mike, I'm sure you've experienced it too, just being with people doing your session in terms of yeah, comedy act. Oh, absolutely. And even just being in the crowd at concerts and, and being a part of, you know, that's where all my free time is spent. It is in the audience cheering on the band. I mean, I, you know, you said comedy is a, is a medicine for people. It's music is mine. And, and it's just as, as equally as powerful. And it's so fun to kind of be able to, yeah, when you, when you see a collective, whether you're part of the crowd or on stage, just to see them, everybody just enjoying that moment and feeling it. And, you know, there's a real, a lot of really incredible Jerry Garcia interviews that mm-hmm. I, I just absolutely love to watch him mm-hmm. talk. There's mm-hmm. one from, I believe, 76. Uh, there was a show I called I Believe. I believe I think it was on San Francisco television. And it was a very mellow chat with Jerry, but it was more about how he kind of, you know, he's he's more interested in the collective experience. Like he's a conduit for, cause the guy's like, you know, you'd figure you kind of would be more of like a heavy, you know, hip dude. You're like head of the counterculture move, you know? And Jerry was kind of giggling, like <laughs> head of the oh, stop, like all bashful, you know? And he's just like, no, I'm more about like the larger mm. collective community experiences. And, you know, for the folks that are there, it happens. And then we're on to the next one. And, I think that's something that is very uh, important about the Grateful Dead and the whole, you know, mythos behind it. It, it, It's kind of that, you know, today's today and tomorrow's going to be tomorrow and we're going to do our best at today and tomorrow we're going to do it again and it's going to be different than today, but that's okay. And if you're along for the ride, you know, and you Mm. appreciate the differences and stuff, like that's a really brave and vulnerable and, honest way of going about mm-hmm. it you know and and he said he had no interest in sort of being the yeah let's no, go do our right. act 80 nights yeah. a week, you yeah. know a year or whatever and that's what i love about him so much is i love watching jerry talk because he he's <laughs> it's about the music it's about the craft and it's about the crowd experience not him getting off being mm. you know up there shredding yeah. and all that so yeah. you know i went to my first bluegrass festival it, the thing that tripped me out the most was that at least half, probably more than half of the audience, all showed up with their instruments. Oh. And they were all over the parking lot and everywhere else, all playing. Mm-hmm. Like there's music going on on the big stage, but all over the place, everybody was playing. And yeah. I thought, wow, this is a different thing. Like there's not the... Uh, the, what Ornette Coleman call it? I just saw this interview. He said, "I want to get rid of the caste system of sound." <laughs> and I was That's like, great. "Dude, that wow. is it. That is so yeah. Colonel Bruce, and so just like the way folk musics are taught. Mm. Like it's not taught mm. in a school. It's taught by everybody. Pick up an instrument and let's you play yeah. along, yeah, yeah, just the way yeah. you learn to speak. Mm-hmm. And so it's always the collective, like black church, like, okay, Aretha's going to sing lead, but everybody's singing. Yeah. Yeah. We're yeah. all involved. And you've been to and India. That's, that's how it is there. Everybody, uh, doesn't matter. You can't sing, absolutely. you know, you're on, on key, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's, well, it's all the cultures, the most of the cultures, like when I, I saw that documentary on LSD and they were talking about, you know, it's only in our, our culture it doesn't happen like everybody else has the 
the music, the ecstatic dance, the bright clothes, the whatever. Just like, you know, he went to this whole thing about the Sufis. Mm. And they were getting just beat up by the really right-wing Muslims because they were like, what's all this music and bright colored clothes? And Mm. I was like, they're the hippies. (laughs) They're like the the Islamic hippies. I was like, oh, my God. And and as they talked about all the other cultures that had it built into their religions and their society, I was like, wow, that's what the Grateful Dead is for this culture here that kind of does it all in academia, you know. And I was like, yeah, they just had to bust out of that. Their spirit couldn't be contained by that. Mm-hmm. And they just did it. Yeah, all fostered like, by the 60s. The whole yeah. vibe that was yeah. going on, which, you know, there's a very similar vibe going on right now in terms of oppression, for sure. Yeah. And war and, yeah. and all of it. Yeah, well, you know, and all. I think everything we've been talking about here speaks to the collective Mm-hmm. How we get yeah. together as a collective in so many different ways, using our um, trust in in the ineffable, trust in our experience, mystical experience, as we were speaking to uh, in, in the very beginning, and out of that comes what Ramdas calls, you know, with the awareness that's. Uh, um, we're not, it's not about being a tribe and a family and having a great name, you know, and projection, but it's a bubble of awareness riding upon the ocean of, uh, of the one, basically, right? The one. Ocean of the one. And we wow. share that. So that's, you know, that's really, we, although we're kind of at the end here, Othiel, particularly, I have to, we did this a little bit when I came on to Comes a Time. Just the love of Coltrane. It was so important to me. And that I can share that with you in particular, you know, because I know you've written different things about John and, and you know, around his, uh, his work and, and particularly uh, the thing you talked about, the, his evolution um, when yeah. he was going into the void. And yes. atonal land, and all. and I had a hard time with that. By the way, you know, I think most people did. I didn't get it till Colonel Bruce, honestly. And then I realized, oh, it's a human thing. It's like connecting with this deep, this bubble of awareness. Like notes are not enough. Words are not it. Like we know words are not enough. So why would we think key signatures and mm. chord structure? Is enough. It's not enough. When you, your mom dies, you cry. You're not going to cry in key or in a structure, <laughs> right? It's yeah. going to, right? Yeah. And that's what, so he always was trying to get to that human thing, which can't be, it's got to go beyond mm. all that. That's and it's great. not even music, honestly. Mm. I remember Wayne Shorter talking about that when he was talking about Coltrane. Mm. He was like, it's it's a it's a heart situation, you know. But the, he was trying to work that out through the music. That's why I said I need two things from music: joy or exorcism, or both <laughs> at different times. Because yeah. this that's what you know. We're either mm-hmm. savoring that joy and sharing it, 
or we're trying to get these damn demons out. <laughs> you know? They won't go. And that he was at the exorcism part. <laughs> <You know>? Right. <laughs> Amazing. And we're going to have uh, in the show notes links to, you know, let's link up a few of, of Coltrane's albums. Um, and yeah. uh, my, of course, my favorite things, I don't remember which album it's on, but it's probably on more than one. It's probably got live <laughs> albums with it on. Find a live album out there, okay? You guys, yeah. show note guys, so good. that has my favorite things, you know, that, that'll bring me right back into it. Uh, yeah, what the power. Hey, what a power music. And it's true. It's really, but I wish... I guess probably because of my dad's, you know, my dad had these guys up on a pedestal. He saw them. My dad was born at 31 in New York, Mm. so he saw all that stuff Mm -hmm. happen, you know. But because he didn't get the Grateful Dead and, like, Mm. looked on all rock music as just like, you know. I think I I inherited that bias from him. But now I hear... Like, you don't have to be on acid, whether Jerry was on acid or not. Whenever he had those moments of yeah. just, like, letting it out, yeah. it's all tapping and into and coming from that same place, Yeah, you know? I mean, none of these guys could really help it. They were just mm. conduits and catalysts and, yeah, you yeah. know, we're That's just lucky to be about. alive when they were, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and we're we all are in one way or another. And we're so lucky now to have such pristine recordings. Like the entire mm. Europe 72 tour is out there to listen to in crystal clear quality. And some of the places they go during Dark Stars in that era are way long and very mm. like interwoven with drums and stuff. And some of that is just right up there with all of the most improvisational jazz music that, I mean... Yeah. It's, it's so soul, it's soul music. It really not is. Not the, you know, but yeah. like quote you said, unquote it doesn't soul music. Fit. Yeah. 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 Soul. It's going nowhere soul. and everywhere all at the same time. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Thank you guys for hanging out here with me. Oh, My, truly an honor. Okay. Man, thank truly you. An we're, honor. We're, we're like totally nervous. sleeping out. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're such so man. man. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. we have to catch up in person at some point, huh? I hope you'll be at a Denton Company show when we come out to the West Coast. Are you playing, sure. are you going out on tour again? Yes, we are. They have not announced the tour dates, but we are. You are. Uh, <laughs> It'll are be soon. outside. Are you doing some outside? Only outside. Summer. I don't think yeah. only outside. Yeah. I'm pretty okay, sure good. they're only outside. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm absolutely. I'm I'm looking forward. And Mike, if you're out here on tour, you know, let me I'll know sure out in the West know. Coast. And Absolutely. We'll just keep doing this, okay? Just we just want to hang out. That's all. That's <laughs> right. That's what this is all about. It really is. It's let's the more we let's can do get it together. with uh, let's do it with Paul Stamets. <laughs> okay, good idea. Good idea. That just uh, came to me for some reason. Yeah, really? <laughs> I can just see to. him in a little square right there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh boy. Just oh hanging boy. out. <laughs> okay, Thank everybody. You so this much. is uh, mind rolling on Be Here Now Network. Go to BeHereNowNetwork.com and catch a plethora, as I always say, of incredible teachers and thought leaders from Alan Watts to Ramdas to Sharon Salzberg. Have you all listened to Sharon? Sharon is amazing. One of my greatest uh, teachers and 
friends. Uh, I'm so lucky. And uh, she does extemporary real podcasts. Some of the other podcasts, it's not that they're not real, but we're, we're bumpering. So, uh, Ram does talk. Well, I introduce it, so I do spend some time extemporizing. But Sharon is phenomenal. And Jack Cornfield. So yeah. uh, check it out. It's and great. we will see you next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks again. 